Vegas Nation podcasts are sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. What's up, everybody? It's Heidi Fang here, your Takeaways host for the Vegas Nation podcast. We're brought to you by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download that app today. I'm very excited for this show, particularly because I am joined by the NFL Network's draft analyst. That would be Daniel Jeremiah. Move the sticks on Twitter. You can find all of his mock drafts, of course, on NFL.com. They're doing shows leading up to the draft with Path to the Draft with both Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. In addition to that, the NFL Network will carry live draft coverage from Kansas City during the 2023 NFL Draft, April 27th to 29th. So let's go ahead and get this started with Daniel Jeremiah, who joined me to discuss all things Raiders and the NFL draft. So first of all, I just wanted to start off with understanding your rankings, which clearly are not really indicative of where you have them going in your mock drafts, but it's a massive undertaking, kind of ranking all of the players that you do, getting to evaluate all of them that you do. When do you even start compiling this kind of a list? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, You know, the, 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 the watching starts early, you know, when you, you think about the fall, starting to watch these players and kind of work through it. In terms of putting the first list together, I really don't put that first one together and really start stacking the players till we get to December. You know, once we get to December, they play the bulk of their games and uh, and you start to get a little bit of a feel for some guys. And at that point in time, you, you start stacking them and get that initial board put together. So from your initial board, uh, I'll get to what I saw in your uh, mock draft 1.0 and then the 2.0, but for the 3.0 version, which came out just a couple of weeks back, you have the Raiders at number seven going with Tyree Wilson. What, um, how did you deduce picking him at that spot for the Raiders and this version of your mocks? Yeah, I mean, I, to me, you know, again, we'll see how this thing continues to evolve and grow. Uh, I think Tyree Wilson's one of the best players in the draft. And when you look at last year, you know, the Raiders and the investment with Chandler Jones and doing the Charger games and seeing the Raiders up close twice um, and then studying them throughout the year. And I don't know that they got exactly what they paid for with Chandler Jones. I think there's still the hope there um, that that uh, you can see a little bit better from him. But to me, getting somebody to compliment Max Crosby, um, a little bit younger, a little bit fresher to go along with some of the other needs they have. You know, you could look in the secondary, you can look on the offensive line. I just know when you put the hierarchy of, of positions, it starts with quarterback and then it goes to defensive front. And uh, and this would be a really talented player to add to their group. Well, that kind of answered my second question because I realized Bucky Brooks had put in uh, Christian Gonzalez there at number mm-hmm. seven for the Raiders. So if you're saying we, they need to really fortify those front lines, that makes a ton of sense as to why you would go that route as opposed to going with the cornerback. How important do you think that is, That especially when you look at the example from the Super Bowl with the Eagles and the Chiefs and how those lines really held? Like, What is so important there about not maybe picking a cornerback at, at seven versus going with the defensive end? Or an edge rusher. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think that you know, look, you can make a case for corner, and and uh, and I get that. If you have a corner that's graded higher, I have no problem with taking the corner, you know, over the edge rusher there. But to me, if it's if it's the other way around, or if it's close to even, I'm always I'm always a believer in building front to back. And you know, I think you hit the nail on the head with the two teams last year. 
you can't have enough rushers. The best two pass rushers in the league were represented in the Super Bowl last year, and they both those teams roll guys through. Um, it's just it's so valuable. I'd, I'd rather have a great defensive line and average corners than to have it the other way around. And so I wanted to go back to your first mock draft, the 1.0 with Pete Skaronsky, an offensive tackle. And then mm. the second was Will Levis. What did you take into account when you made the decision to kind of change those iterations from player to player for the Raiders? Yeah, you know, some of it depends on what happens ahead of you. Uh, when you go through the different iterations of the mock drafts, you kind of see the the players become uh, more crystallized going through the process. You get to yeah. see them at all-star games. You get to see them work out. Um, the team's needs become more crystallized based off what they do or don't do in free agency. Um, so all those things kind of, you know, lead to stuff happening before the Raiders pick, and that can impact what they end up doing. The nice thing is, when you have teams picking up there in the top 10, they've earned it. They've earned it by having more than one need. So you can go in some different directions. The quarterbacks this uh, draft are pretty exciting from Anthony Richardson just showing out at the combine and keeping it up during his pro day to obviously CJ Stroud uh, looking pretty polished, Bryce Young, um, Will Levis, a lot to like there as well. What are the chances that you think four quarterbacks could possibly go like in the top 10 of this draft? I think you're very high. You know, I, I feel strongly that we're going to see quarterbacks go one, two. I feel strongly that the Indianapolis Colts, after riding the, you know, the wave of veteran stopgap quarterbacks need to commit to a rookie. So I feel like those are three spots right there. And then if you count those as three, let's call them, you know, likelies, then you only need one of these other teams to jump in the mix for all four to go. And when you have, Cases to be made for Seattle, cases to be made when you look at seven with the Raiders, and then you look at cases to be made still with Atlanta at eight. Um, there's there's Tennessee who's lurking at 11 who could possibly move up into the mix at some point in time. So I, I think it's likely we see four of these guys roll before the top 10 is over. So if you're the Raiders and you want to get one of them, obviously the idea might be they would need to trade up from seven. Uh, how far up would you think that they would need to go um, if, if maybe they're looking at getting, let's say, Anthony Richardson at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think three is probably where you'd have to go to lock it in. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a, you know, that's a team in Arizona with so many holes. It makes a lot of sense for them to trade out. Um, so that would be the target to me. Um, it wouldn't make as much sense to go to five because if the Seahawks are willing to trade you five, that means they're not going to take Anthony Richardson. So then you can just sit and hold your water and, yeah. uh, you know, and take the chances that he would get to you there at seven. So, um, you know, I think a lot of that will be determined when those teams are on the clock. But if you want to lock it in and you want to be bold and aggressive and make sure you get your guy, that, that third pick with Arizona is the one you got to go to. I just wonder if the Lions would play any kind of tricks <laughs> at that point. That's yeah, no, yeah, the Lions – the Lions yeah. can very easily auction auction that off to a team, as we're talking about. You know, maybe it's yeah. maybe it's uh, Tennessee, maybe it's a team like Tampa trying to get up there. Minnesota's, you know, as a quarterback team that's doing some homework. So, yeah, no, that's there's there's always going to be risk. Sometimes you just sit tight and it works out for you. Other times it, it behooves you to be a little more aggressive. 
Vegas. Get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. do you think if the Raiders do move up to you know what that third spot would they need to use to be able to get that with the 12 picks that they have and probably yeah, the future have, yeah yeah I have I have it all I have it all in a document um, okay <laughs> don't have it I don't have it right in front of me right now but sure. um yeah I mean that's to, to get there you're you're you know it's it's not cheap um but uh you know I, I think you could do it a combination of stuff this year you want to mix and match with stuff this year and next year um you know I, I think a lot of these teams end up putting together you know sometimes you know up to three proposals and say okay here's a combination of stuff this year here's a combination of this year and next year and here's a combination of maybe a player and some picks so you kind of just give a little buffet option there uh and, and see which one they want to they want to take we have a couple of picks that are kind of i mean a couple of quarterbacks rather that are names that might be second day, maybe even beyond that. But I wanted to get your take on how they might fit in the Josh McDaniel system. And those guys' names are from Sanford Tanner McKee and then Fresno State's Jake Hayner. Do you feel like one over the other could be a good fit in Josh McDaniels' system if they were not to go and give all that capital up to try to move up and get uh, one of these top quarterbacks? Yeah, you know what? I actually kind of like Jake Hayner's fit there. Um as somebody who processes extremely well, um, he gets to his progressions fast. He's accurate. Um, he's a good decision maker. Uh, you know, poor Tanner McKee, the offensive line was so bad at Stanford. He got his teeth kicked in uh, playing behind that group. So, you know, it, it's a tougher evaluation with him. But I, I think just in terms of that system with Josh McDaniels, you know, having some responsibility on your shoulders and being able to get quickly through your reads and get the ball out on time and accurate. I think that's that's really Jake Hayner's strong point in his game. Okay. Um, with Darren Waller having been traded from the Raiders, they picked up, uh, I think, the 100th pick from the Giants on that. But they've also added Austin Hooper. They got O.J. Howard. Do you feel like the Raiders are not done yet at tight end? This is really a, a tight end rich draft when you look at the talent. Is there... One, do you think they're done there that they may go seek out a tight end? And two, is there somebody on the list that you think could be a real asset to the Raiders at that position? Yeah, there's a bunch. You know, I, I think it's a really, really deep group. I think there's double digit guys that'll end up being starting tight ends, uh, which is pretty unusual. I think it's the deepest group of tight ends we've had in a decade. So, yeah, even even though having a couple guys already on campus, so to speak, I think there's a chance where they could upgrade the position and they could get, you know, get a nice young piece. And I don't think they necessarily have to do it really early in the draft. I think there's going to be guys all throughout the draft. I, I love Sam Laporta. He's probably going to go in the, uh, in the second round. You look at into the third round, um, you know, Tucker Craft is a, is a really good player out of South Dakota state. Um, that might be a spot where you could land him. Uh, you've got uh, Wiley from Cincinnati, who's an intriguing player. You know, he's probably in that fourth round range. Uh, there is a whole host of these guys to choose from, and they're going to be all throughout the draft. So I think it'd almost be a mistake not to take one because of the value that's going to exist this year. 
Yeah, I have a couple of fan questions for you from uh, the Raiders, Raider Nation here that wanted to get uh, your take on a couple of things here. First, if the Raiders go defense with their first three picks, say cornerback, defensive tackle, and linebacker, is there enough depth to draft three defensive starters? That one comes from Raider 365. I would say corner is good. Um, defensive tackle depth is not great. Okay. And then was linebacker the other one? Was that the other yes. position? Yes. And linebacker is not a great year for linebacker. So mm-hmm. I would feel, you know, if you wanted to, to take one early, I would probably go with a defensive tackle early. I think you could then find an edge rusher or a corner, you know, if you wanted to go that way. I think there's depth at those positions. But, you know, I to me, I don't think you're going to be able to hit everything on that checklist with where they're picking. So I would go defensive tackle and then corner, I think you'd get two of the three. Um, I think the linebacker, you know, I think that's more of a, a mid-round guy. You, you take a flyer on someone, but it's just not a great linebacker draft. Okay, the next question is from Michael Rodriguez. If the Raiders are thinking of trading down, what could they get in return in draft picks, and who would they be targeting later in the first round? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, you know, again, if they decide that they're not in on the quarterbacks and one of the quarterbacks were to get to them at seven, um, yeah, you know, I think you'd be open for business and you could say, okay, well, you know, you could get to a 11 with Tennessee and get a corner that you really, really like. Um, you could get, you know, you could go back even further. I would say, you know, you could go back into the early 20s if that was you know, Minnesota, a team like that and still come away with a really good corner like a Deontay Banks. I think that's probably about his range and where he would go out of Maryland would be a really good value and, and you know, add some some future picks. That would be my goal. You know, we can look at the chart. Um, you know, you can pull it up and look at the trade chart and see what that would net them in this year's draft. If I'm the Raiders, I think I might even be thinking more big picture and saying I want to try and collect as many assets in next year's draft, which, uh, you know, as we forecast, looks like it's going to be a really, really strong group. Yeah, uh, especially right there, a quarterback. We just talked about quarterback, but yes. Caleb Williams, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a good lottery ticket. If you're going to buy a lottery ticket, that's a good one to buy. Yeah, uh, you know, with and a couple more I had that I just wanted to get your take on. Um, when you look at a guy like Lucas Van Ness, he's somebody that yeah. obviously is still growing, has a lot to develop, but where would you see him fitting? Could like, How do you look at a player like that that I believe you had ranked at? 12 and then think of his potential in the NFL and how quickly he needs to develop. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the comp, the comp for him is pretty, it's pretty cut and dry. Like if you look at his numbers, his size and and all of his measurables and all of his workout numbers, they're almost identical to Rashawn Gary coming out of Michigan and went to the Packers. And then, you know, unfortunately he got hurt last year. Might even have been in the Raider game for for some reason. I'm trying to go back and look at that, but, he was on his way to having a really good year. You're seeing him get better each and every year. Didn't have it all figured out, but was a tremendous athlete coming out of college um, who played hard and played with effort and and just had a lot of talent. I think Van Ness is, is maybe even a little further along than him okay. uh, coming out of college, but there, he's that type of a player, um, somebody who's going to be able to play on the edge on, on early downs and, and then has the ability, if you want him to, let him rush inside and rush over a guard on passing downs. 
And my last question, Jalen Carter, what is the consensus and discussion around his name right now, given some of the red flags that have come up as, as well as the, with the pro day? Uh, I know early on he was looked at as probably the number one overall, but I, I've seen his stock pretty fall, you know, not, not did really far down, but about to what five, no. I believe. Um, what is the kind of buzz around his name right now? You know, the interesting thing about him, I would say there's consensus about him as a player, and that, that consensus is he's the best player in the draft. You know, every, every team that I talk to, if you just say talent-wise, who's the best player, he's he's the name that comes up. And I had it the same way, as you mentioned. He was a top player uh, for me. Now, when you put in, the you know, the troubling stuff that you find out about, I knocked him down a few spots, but I have a hard time seeing, now that 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 whole issue has been resolved and it's been finalized um, from a legal standpoint. I, I think he's got a really good shot of going in the top 10. You know, when you have guys that don't do workouts for teams outside the top 10, right. Makes you want, makes you wonder if there's been some sort of a, a wink, wink, nod, nod agreement with somebody picking in the top 10 that he's not going to get by them. So um, I'll look at it from that standpoint with his talent ability and the fact that the legal situation has been resolved. Um, I, I don't see him getting out of the top 10. Daniel Jeremiah, thank you so much for your time at move the sticks on Twitter, Pat to the draft, tons of lead up shows on the NFL network for the NFL draft taking place in Kansas city, which the NFL network will have live coverage for April 27th. Of course, the first day all the way through to April 29th, Daniel, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thanks. Great to catch up. Hope you have a, a wonderful rest of the draft process. Kansas City will be here before you know it. Okay. Can't wait. I really can't. Thank you very much. And I appreciate your thanks. time today. That'll do it for today's show. I'd like to thank everybody so much for tuning in. Don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you are listening or watching if you're on YouTube. Also, we'll keep you updated with everything happening leading up to the draft, after the draft, all of your coverage here on VegasNation.com, your home for fast takes and smart coverage of the Las Vegas Raiders. Everyone, that'll do it for me today. I'll be back next week. Vegas Nation podcasts are sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up.